Yes, sir. All right, guys, we're back. Episode 40. This is going to be a big one. We all know the biggest event of the year happened last week, and I actually got to see it with my dog Julian over here. Unfortunately, Gabe is not going to be on this episode, but he saw the game as well, and oh, we just got so much to talk about. What's good, yeah. Julian? What's up? What's up? Yeah, we're going to get Gabe's thoughts next week. Uh, I don't, Man, I feel like these past like two months, it's been so hard to get all three of us, but we keep it flowing as much as we can. Um but uh yeah let's get into the super bowl bro crazy yo honestly i wish gabe was here to watch the game with us we're literally just screaming at the tv all i really hope for is i just wanted a good competitive game and just like how this whole entire playoffs played out it was another exciting one came down to one possession it came down to the last drive yo it was it was crazy dude it's it's that's been the story this whole like fucking postseason is just like close games it's like there's only probably like two blowouts this entire like postseason and man like this one definitely lived up to it. i was a little worried i'm not gonna lie that the rams are gonna blow them out but the Bengals or the bungles end up putting up one uh hell of a fight um and you know what's funny too like the reason why i was kind of rooting for the Bengals this whole time because it's like man Okay, so I'm root. I wanted Matt Stafford to win because I feel like he just needed it. Like I feel like just for his legacy and everything, I right. I, I like to see Matt Stafford win it. But overall, I was wanting, but when it, I wanted the Bengals win, strictly because of a uh, like fan base. Like man, these Bengal fans have been waiting for this moment and been paying attention to the fucking Bengals for like forty years. Insane, dude. Fucking L.A. just started caring about the Rams like two days ago. Like, <laughs> and that's what pisses me. It's like man, like. You know, because coming from a small market team and a small market fan base, it's like I want those guys. And I'm just so tired of seeing like the fucking like L.A.'s and the New York's and the Boston's Yo, fucking winning yeah, all the exactly. fucking time. And they don't care. care. And they don't care. Like that's <laughs> like they don't give a fuck about the Rams. Bro. They didn't even show up at their own home Super Bowl game, bro. Like I think the, I the stadium was, was mostly fan base. Honestly, L.A., like you said, right. Let, let's start what uh, the basketball Lakers won. They got LeBron James a couple years back, and they got AD. Boom. You got a title right there. Los Angeles Dodgers. You get Mookie Betts, right, the biggest free agent in the market. You, you get him over. You win a championship. And then now, look, Matt Stafford, their team goes all in. Sean McVay puts puts all the chips in the middle of the, of the, of the table, and look what happens. And they just got a team like a couple years ago, like a couple <laughs> years ago. They got a fucking team. That's why I wanted the, I wanted it for the Bengals fan base, man. They like they didn't want a playoff game in like like 30 years. They've been caring about this team for like 40 plus years. It's like, man, like it's a city that doesn't really win anything. It's like, man, they needed this. And it was just like, but luckily they have a bright future ahead. Um, who knows how long the Rams can keep this up for. But, like, I just wanted it for the Rams fan base because I heard it's like, it was true. Like, L.A. just started caring about them, like, two days ago. Like, they really did. Like, no no one gave a fuck about the Rams. But like, it was only – the only people that were there were just people that were there just to be there. Yeah. And or, like, or, you know, it, you know, it's L.A., bro. You know, celebrities there in the area or – People show up know, just to show up. You know, people, you know, they go there for the Instagram photos. You know, at SoFi Stadium, which is a fire arena, to be honest, I probably put. Yeah, it's 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 fucking sick. You know what's funny though is like I noticed before the game, they did a flyover, and it's like this shit's like mostly indoors. I think there's like windows. Yeah, 
but it's like it's just kind of funny to do a flyover on like a essentially an indoor stadium. I just thought that shit was hilarious. Yeah, I know. Majority of it is like covered in glass, see through. So yeah, I think it's like yeah, it's like windows and it's like yeah. kind of. But uh, let's get into the game though. Um, let's get it, man. So yeah, I had the Bengals. Uh, Jojo had the you had the Rams or you just saying I had, no? I had I had the Rams all the way. I had the Rams, but I was I was rooting for a good game. And I was rooting for Joey Burrow, Joe Shasty, Joe Cooper, whatever you want to call the guy, because this guy has ice in his veins, man. I actually I was rooting for him to play well, and he did. He performed. You know, he he didn't look nervous, right? He wasn't out there shaking. Yeah, man, his his composure. Ooh, that was that close uh, scare when he took that that blow. Both of them, him and Matt, him and Matt, like they was both had the same as like. Like tweaking their ankle, but man, yeah, just like that composure this man Joe Burrow has is just unreal. Like when the when the Rams scored that TD, their final score, like he, he just did that face. He's like, "All right, let's fucking go!" He's like, saying, "All right, let's and, go!" And it's a it's a shame that his like offensive line just like just costed him the game. They were holding their own for a while. They were, but when that second half came around, like Aaron Donald just started. Blowing them, yeah. up, blowing them up, and then Van, Von Miller and everything. And man, you know, I went back and kind of watched some of those games. And the I'm not watching them. I watched the game and watched some highlights and just like pieces of it. I rewatched a good bit of it because I was curious to just kind of see what happens and prepare for the show. And um, you know, like the refing, it was something I didn't notice. I kind of noticed it in the moment, but like it wasn't until like after rewatching, I'm like the 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 penalty calls and like some of the shit like towards the end of the game just seemed so just like kind of what I, I didn't like some of the calls they were calling. It's like in the beginning of the game, they kind of set this tone that like, you know, we're going to let them play. Facts. They, they weren't calling anything. Like there's might be like one or two like penalties in the first half. They were just kind of letting them play. They were letting them just, you know, they're playing a tough game and they're letting them go. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. I think you should. Um, unless it's like, you know, very blatant penalties. But like towards the end of the game, specifically like those last like couple drives, man, you just saw like penalties after penalties after penalties. Yeah, holdings, pass and reception, all, all that. And like some of the holdings like were kind of questionable. And the only reason why I say it's questionable, obviously like by the rules, it was a holding. But like if you look at the rest of the game, it was like it's kind of surprising that they let that they called that when in previous yeah. they weren't calling that. And that's my biggest thing with the refs is like, I don't care if you're quick to call plays or you, you don't really call them. I just want consistency. So people yeah. know what to expect. Here's what and, I think. I think that, you know, some might or most actually might consider, you know, those calls at the end of the game, like BS, you know what I mean? Here's how I feel. I feel like the ref, you know, made up for, call on that Jalen Ramsey helmet grab I think you know they that was a missed call missed opportunity there and that was a touchdown so I think they gave one back and what I also think what I what I also think is that again exactly like you said they they were letting them play they were letting them play the entire game and I feel like you know, there are probably a lot of things we couldn't see on our side just watching from the TV. You know, all the holdings, the grabbings, you know, the helmets and, and this and that. And you just got to a point where you the, you had to take control of the game, right? You had to set, set everybody down. You know, you had to get everybody back in order and start, start making these calls because, again, things are getting out of hand. Like, if you're going to play defense, play defense. 
right? You don't need to grab. You don't need to do this. You need to like this. This is Super Bowl, like, and I and I get the whole concept of you know letting them play, but when it's crunch time and they're doing all these things, you know, to get the win, like I I felt like they had to make those decisions and start throwing yeah. flags because things could have got out of hand real quick. Yeah. No, yeah, I get it. And then yeah. um, I think specifically, I think it was the holding call. I think that led, I don't remember. it was like the slant route towards the middle. I think that one where he just like barely pulled it. I just I felt like that yeah. was like a little bit of a weak call. Like, yeah, that was a little bit of a weak call. And I understand like I will say like obviously that Jalen Ramsey helmet pull was a foul. But I will say like T Higgins did beat him because oh. like. I, I was saying this during the game. He, he smoked them. He Jalen Ramsey was falling down. I think, and it obviously it was clearly by accident that he mm-hmm. happened to hit his helmet. And I maybe I think the refs clearly didn't see it just because the due to the angle of it. Yeah. But um, oh, I'll and then they, they reviewed the touchdown, so I am kind of surprised they still let it go after reviewing the yeah. touchdown because they are always are mandated. Are you surprised that Sean McVay didn't challenge that? I don't think you can challenge. You, you can't challenge, can a, you challenge a flag that isn't called. You can only challenge things that are called. Like, I don't think if somebody's holding, you can't challenge and uh, that that was a hold. You can only challenge things that are actually like called by the ref and get it reversed. Yeah. And get it reversed. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, Jalen Ramsey was falling there, and I think he just happened to grab his helmet. So, like, in a way, I'm kind of glad that it didn't get called, but I would understand if it did get called yeah. because Jalen Ramsey killed. And uh, also, speaking of Jalen Ramsey getting killed, too, I don't know if you noticed, um, most because the game the game doesn't act, uh, the game tape, the, the, game tape, the TV uh, version doesn't show it, but that final drive with Joe Burrow getting sacked that ended the game, Many people don't know this, but Jamar Chase absolutely cooked Jalen Ramsey at that game. And if Joe Burrow had an ounce of protection, that would have been TD. And a lot of people didn't notice it at the time, like alive as it was happening. But when you go back and watch that, Jamar Chase was wide fucking open for a touchdown. Wide open. And it's just such a shame that like if they just could have held the fucking line – just for like another second, just give them a chance to breathe. The Ram- Bengals could have won that game. They were in prime position, and that was a, a perfect example of like how the O line costed them. Bro, and you know what's insane, man? You know what's insane? It's scary to think that again. Seven sacks. My guy got sacked seven times. That's not normal. This is getting normalized. NFL record in the oh, post. I think it was tied for the most in the Super Bowl. And an NFL record for the postseason for getting post-season. sacked 19 times. So, so check this. He got sacked seven times and had the lead in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so if his O-line held up just a few more plays, that game is in the bag. Isn't that scary to think? You got a second-year quarterback in the league. If he had an average offensive back, line. Average five times a game. <laughs> All he needs is the average O line. We're not asking for the best O line in the league. <laughs> we're not asking for like Dallas or Indy. Like we're, we're, we're asking for like regular everyday protection. Like nothing out of the ordinary <laughs> for this guy here. We're talking seven sacks in the Super Bowl, which I lost track of how many times. I didn't even feel like he got sacked seven times. To be honest, when this guy is up in the Super Bowl, I think a lot of it came in the drive. second half. I don't remember exactly, but I I remember the first half they did a. A half decent job yeah. at protection, 
um, and they were doing a good job of getting rid of it quick. Man, that first half, the the old line was holding up, but we all knew with you know the Rams defensive line like that wasn't gonna last. We we knew it wasn't gonna last, and we all called it. And Aaron Donald's on a mission, dude. We all called he was it on a mission. Man on the mission, man of the hour. You know, like it. The guy, the guy I still team got the stop, and he said right here, "Ring me." Right after that sack. That, and I don't even think he noticed at the moment, but like that play was so important because like if he didn't get that pressure, um, he they would have lost. Like I I'm telling like go back and watch Jamar Chase absolutely killed Ramsey. I mean, Ramsey did not have a good game. He didn't. No, I mean, not he was at all. Yo, you remember that first bomb? We started laughing. That was a nasty catch. Yo, we said Jamar Chase wanted all the smoke. Ramsey was calling everybody. Yeah, he wanted the ISO. He wanted the one-on-one downfield, and which I respect. You got the 99 overall in Madden, right? And yeah. that was the, the chance to prove it. First big play downfield. Who does uh, Burrow go to? Jamar Chase. Boy. Who's there on the sideline? Ramsey. And who gets smoked down the sideline? One-handed catch. That was a one-hand catch, by the way. Yeah. Mar Chase, the amazing. rookie over him. That amazing. Bro. And you know what's so crazy too is like going into uh the draft and after seeing the results and like them going after Jamar Chase, everybody was questioning it because it's like, you know, they already had a, a semi decent receiving T. Higgins and Boyd and their uh Joe Mix. They had a they had a good weapons and like but the thing is I think it ended up being the right decision because I don't know. If you get an O lineman like Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell ended up not having really that great a, a year, which everybody was projecting him to go to the Bengals because he was the number one yeah. tackle going into the the draft. But man, it really turned out to be Jamar Chase was a better player and the right decision because that chemistry he has with Joe Burrow, and he was just a, he's a game breaker. And you know what? Like I think when you come across a guy like that, it's not very often where it ends up being the perfect situation with his college quarterback and him being an insane talent. It's like, you know what? Like these guys don't come around very often and we need that. This is just, and end up being the right decision because yeah, who's to say that they would have made to the Super Bowl without that, that extra dynamic, weapon? Dynamic duo, man. You know, a quarterback needs their, their main, their star receiver. And when you have that chemistry, that's kind of unstoppable. You and know? it gives the Bengals a true, like, number one because, I mean, Higgins and Boyd, they were great receivers last year, um, or I guess two years now. Um, but they were just – they were. No, I don't think either of them were number ones, and I think this actually frees them up to be a number one – I mean, number two and three, and now you got your pure number one, and it just yeah. opens up the field so much. And, yeah, like I think at the time everybody's like, yeah, O-line, O-line, O-line. But, like, man, Jamar Chase ended up being the, the perfect pick because, you know, now you can go into next season knowing exactly. that you got your weapons and knowing that, like – all you need is just exactly. an average O line. <laughs> you just need you just need to switch a couple of guys and maybe draft another dude and Listen, draft man. maybe draft two guys. You know that's exactly what they're doing this offseason. I mean, they're probably going across the board on the draft and free agency. Just completely Joe Burrow is going to be fighting with your boy Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen for years to come. The generation and Herbert and it's set up. It's set up. Hopefully. Hopefully, T Law. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, yo. Honestly, man, I'm rooting for him. Obviously, we know what's up with the organization. Yeah. But real quick, we're talking about star receivers, and we have yet to even mention his name. 
And no, I'm not saying Odell, but congrats to Odell. We're talking about Cooper Cup. Triple crown king. Triple crown king. Iced off the season with a Super Bowl MVP. Come on. You can't write a better story, bro. You can't. You can't. I would have never guessed. I always, like, the past few years, he's been a really good receiver. Like, a really good receiver. But, like, I would have never guessed coming into the season that he would have the season that he did. Like, I don't think anybody projected him to, to have the season that he did. Like, oh, he was he always no a solid. He was yeah, always a solid number one. And yeah. he kind of, they kind of bounced back and forth between Woods and Cup. But, like, man, Cup really, ever since Matt Stafford got in there, like, he really came into his own. And he is just, he's insane. There's like just a perfect route runner. He's not going to kill you with speed, but his technique and his route running is just unmatched. And he's just, the dude absolutely balled when it mattered the most. Everybody knew the ball was going to him and he still got it. He still got it. Listen, man, you got a star receiver like Odell. Unfortunately, he went out. He had the first touchdown out of the game. Kudos to him. And that completely changed the dynamic for the Rams. It seemed like they were a little bit lost in a sense where, Hey, maybe with Odell being out, they were probably dub, uh, doubling up, you know, Cup for a little bit. It's probably hard to get him open. He only had like eight receptions, but two of those receptions were touchdowns, I believe. And I think six yeah. of those came in the fourth quarter, and he just came in clutch. That's it. Yeah, because he didn't do much the first half. Exactly. So after Odell went out in the first half, everything kind of halted for the Rams. And then we were saying on the TV, like, yo, do what you know. We throw the cup. What's what's going on? We're getting a little worried. Like, yo, Bengals about to take this game away. You know, they were running the ball. It wasn't working. They couldn't really find holes. They weren't, weren't really oh, running man. through. That Cam Akers awesome. is a fucking bum, dude. That dude is a bum. They couldn't run. The Rams couldn't run the ball for shit. And you know what was weird, too? Is like, the since he was actually running the ball pretty well. They were. And I'm surprised. Obviously, we know, like we I've said earlier, that, like, Jamar Chase was wide open on that play. But, like, leading into that, I don't really understand. You know that your offensive line is doing a better job run blocking than it was pass pro. And it's like, it's third and one. You have a guy who's been killing it all game. I don't know what his averages were per rush, but every time I felt like he got the ball, he was at least getting five, four yards. And I just felt like on a three and one like that, I I don't understand why they didn't either run him or QB sneak. I would, I, don't, I think it was a little too far for QB sneak, but I don't understand why they didn't just go in like I formation and just pound it right up the middle with Mixon because he's been doing, he was killing it all game. And it, it did kind of surprise me they didn't do that yeah. though. Honestly, man, like, like everyone preaches defense wins championships. That's what it came down to. They got stopped on a three and one and a four and one, three and one and a four and one to end the game. They could have easily ran it over. I don't know what they called in, in the last play, right? You say we're in shotgun formation out here. I don't know what they're doing. Just try to go the deep ball. Honestly, at least run on the third and one. Like, I get maybe not the fourth and the one. Line, they were close. They they got stopped right there on the three and one. Um, Brought it down to the fourth and one. And, man, that's it, man. Big time players make big time plays. And defense came and showed and showed up. That, that was I it. think they were worried too because that play before that last one, uh, I think Aaron Donald had a huge stop on. It wasn't actually Mixon; it was the other guy. I don't remember the name, but like Aaron Donald had a big run run stuff. So he had two back to back plays to really end it because he had that big run stuff, and then he got the the pressure that ended up leading to an incomplete pass or just like a little toss away. But 
man. Well, what, they, what they well, congrats to the LA Rams, 2022 Super Bowl champs, Broncos. You know, we're going to be out here. We're going to make some pretty heavy moves this offseason. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it. It's in the air. We're, we're a quarterback away, baby. We're a quarterback I away. Games, I mean, JoJo said he listened to our episode last week, and we're talking about a certain quarterback that could be showing up there, but who knows? We'll see. And by next month, actually in a couple weeks, free agency, uh, like I think it's like March 13th or something like that, a couple weeks, uh, you're going to see what's going to be happening. But I did want to bring up to you because I saw this today, and I think he said this yesterday, but Richard Sherman – oh. Give me a second. Got Richard Richard Sherman just uh, made a statement on his podcast, or he was going to talk about it more on his podcast. Something about um, he said that why are we talking? I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he's essentially saying like, why should Matt Stafford be into the Hall of Fame? I feel like the Hall of Fame is setting the bar really low wow. um, for quarter for players nowadays he's like the man has played nine seasons he has zero mvps he has zero super bowl uh mvps and he's not even an all decade player and one pro bowl wow and when he mentioned that it kind of got me thinking you know that is not a terrible argument it's not a terrible take it's not and um but it was something what you're really looking at to, to make it into the Hall of Fame, right? If you're looking at individual stats or accolades throughout your career or even a mix of both, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was thinking about this today because I really want to talk about it because I thought it was interesting. And it's like, you know, I, I was saying the same thing I said about Phil Rivers too, like Philip Rivers. It's like, I do think you got to give somebody recognition. I don't... At least, let's say Matt Stafford retires today. I don't think he's first ballot. No, he, he's not. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer like Peyton or all these other guys. Tom Brady's going to be. He's he's not. It's going to take him a while. Yeah, I do, I do think. And if he continues on the path, say he plays for another five years, which he looks like he might, another four or five years. Yeah, I think he could be. A, he has a really solid argument, and he keeps on playing at the level he is. But like I was saying this about Philip Rivers, though, it's like man, when you play. When your job and your career is something like being a quarterback in the NFL, something that there's only 32 jobs in the world and millions of people are vying for it every single year, and you're able to hold that job, one of those 32 jobs, for 10-plus years, I think that should be rewarded, especially in a league where people call it, I mean, NFL, not for long. If the average yeah. career, I think, is three, four years. And I think that should be rewarded in a way because not very many people can do it. Yeah, he never won a Super Bowl MVP. He's never won an MVP. Um, he's never won a championship. But uh, in Matt Stafford's case, he's he up. just won one. <laughs> um, in Matt Stafford's case, but like I think you should reward somebody to like making it that long because especially in fucking Detroit, that man survived ten years in Detroit. Yep. 10 years and nobody blamed him. Not a single soul blamed him. And he survived all those years since 2009 to finally get put in a good situation. And then on top of that, people are saying, or uh, people are defending Richard Sherman too, saying that, like, yeah, and then the one Super Bowl he does win, he has a stacked team. And then it's like, you got to remember too, this is the NFL. 
who doesn't who what Super Bowl champion does not have a fucking stacked team? The NFL requires to have a stacked team. The Super Bowl, I, I still stand by, is the hardest trophy to win on planet Earth. That shit is so fuck. The only thing that I think is comparable is the World Cup. And like <clears throat> it is so hard to win, and you need all f- assets of uh of your team like firing on all cylinders. And obviously you're going to have a stacked team. Tom Brady had a stacked team. Like uh, Kansas City Chiefs had a stacked team. Are you going to take that away from Tom Brady and uh, Patrick Mahomes? Peyton Manning has a stacked team. Russell Wilson had a stacked team. Everybody who wins has a stacked team. So I don't think you should fault him for that. But I do think Richard Sherman does have a solid point. It's like when you really break it down, though, it's like he does have one Super Bowl. He has one Pro Bowl appearance. He has one Super Bowl, zero MVPs, zero Super Bowl MVPs. Um, he's not even an all decade quarterback. And, uh, I think one all pro, I think he said, yeah, I think, which, it was one. but I do, he, ha, he, ha, I see where he's coming from. Yeah. Uh, Here's my thing. I honestly, bro, I think he's just talking about this way too prematurely. Like, like my guy is still in the league. Exactly. He, yeah. He's still playing. Honestly, his career started this season. This is where his career started. In the next four <laughs> or five years, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if he's going to be lights out. Hey, he could go back to back or, you know, he could win one in the next three or four years. Now, if he wins two Super Bowl, you know, how does that change his legacy? You know what I mean? Like, he's actually in a good organization. You know, we know he's a great quarterback in the league right now. Um and we don't know his stats, his passing yards, his touchdowns, you know, all of those things. His touchdown interception ratio and everything like that. Or his QBR, you know, over the last 10 years. Yeah, he was in a, you know, a shitty organization. But look where he's at now. He's on top of the mountain. And people love to talk when someone's on top of the mountain. Someone's always trying to bring you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Right? It's not even on, It's not even a relevant situation to talk about right now hall of fame quarterback hey did did he retire is he entering the ballot you know you, you're just talking about the guy who won the super bowl so it seems like you're, you're kind of salty where he's at right now like, who, who's even discussing hall of fame i think you know, he, like, i think i'll re- I, I don't know entirely but i want to say richard sherman was responding to the fact that uh that the winning the super bowl grants matt stafford into the, into hall, of the hall of fame all right and i so think he was making a response you, to that yeah so all right question to you then uh i don't know much about this guy's career i just know he never won a ring <laughs> your guy tony romo is he tony. is he in the hall of fame currently is did he get in or is he like waiting oh no he's not in. i don't even think he's eligible but he's not getting in if he does get in, it's probably gonna be a, a long time. They they people make it seem like Tony Romo is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And see, I don't even know. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it the way people talk about him. And I know he wasn't that great. Cowboy fans thinks he's and I know and I know he's listen, I know he hasn't accomplished really almost anything. No disrespect to him. I'm just saying, like in terms of accolades, MVPs or you know, Super Bowl rings or even playoff wins. I think he has like one playoff win or something. I don't know if he has any. He has and, one playoff win. I think what he does have going for him is he he's had, I think, some passing titles and he's okay. been to a few Pro Bowls. Okay, I could I could understand that. 
But people make it seem like this guy's already in the Hall of Fame. Like, that's how I felt. I didn't even know if he is or isn't. Well, <laughs> you, you can't trust so Cowboy fans. We've gone over <laughs> this. You can't trust Cowboy fans. They're fucking delusional. You yeah. If Tony Romo played on any other team, any other team, he probably would have already been forgetting about, forgotten about. Right. <laughs> Tony Romo's a weird right, one, I, I think, is... I don't know what to think of Tony Romo if he's Hall of Fame. I, I don't think so personally. I think it would. I think he would take a. Right. Quick, I think quick, if you if you start letting people like Tony Romo in, I think you are starting to put the bar pretty low. Yeah, um, that's just that'll be his his the popularity of his name. Because I'm not even sure if Matt Stafford goes in, and if he does, well, it's probably yet. gonna be a long time. Not but like you yet. say, yeah. Like we All said, I'm like Matt Stafford career, still got four, five years. I, I think four years in prime. Started last season. This is where his career started. Now, mm-hmm. do you think? Quick, quick question for you. Do you think he ultimately makes the Hall of Fame if he continues to play how he is, whether he wins another title or not? If he continues on the track that he's going. What is this? This is probably what his eleventh season, and let's say he plays another four, four more years. Let's get him at fifteen years. Um, yeah. And he plays at the level, and he keeps on continuously making Pro Bowls, and he's competitive. I don't think, like I said, I don't think he is first ballot. Yeah, I, I think he could. I don't think it's completely ruled out. I think there's a, a good, I mean, for all we know, he could play better, but if we are saying just like, if he continued the same performance, I think he could, I think it would take a long time though. I yeah. think it would take a while, maybe like 10 to plus think, years after his career's over. To think yeah. real quick, right? You got guys like Cooper cup and OBJ on your team, right? Those, those are stats, stat machines right there, man. You, you got guys leading the league in, you know, yards, catches touchdowns and you you have him again next season so your stats are going to fly up as a quarterback passing yeah. to you know great receivers you know what i mean like two of the best receivers arguably in the league well the best cooper cup i don't care what anyone says right now the best receiver in the league you don't think that's gonna you know make his stats just fly out the window man and i also think too um what's helping him at the moment is it seems like all the great young quarterbacks that are coming into the league are on the AFC side. The AFC yeah. is super stacked. And I think what he has going for him is that he's on the NFC. His major competitors were Tom Brady, who retired, Aaron Rodgers, who might be switching over to the AFC, Russell Wilson, who knows what happens with him, Aller Murray, all of a sudden, doesn't want to yeah. be in Arizona anymore. Yeah. Who the know? Shock, who the shocker. fuck knows what happens with that? Shocker. You got Jimmy G. Um, I can't think of anybody else on the top of my head that like uh, that's that could be really good. I mean, right now I think they're clearly the favorites in the NFC as it stands, even with Aaron Rodgers still staying there, and yeah. uh, because the NFC just doesn't look as strong as the AFC as of right now. The AFC looks absolutely loaded, Back. which which scares me as an AFC fan. Because man, and it's gonna be like that for a while, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think he, he has, he's lined up to to really ball out for sure. I think, and it's and 
easy Pro Bowls for the NFC. <laughs> he can easily make some Pro Bowls in the NFC if he doesn't have the competition that he uh, that the AFC has. So, uh, yeah. So, real quick, we're going to end it off here um, for NFL talk. Who do you have? Way too early. Way too early because... But as it stands right now, we're going to probably come back to this maybe after the draft and free agency or whatever, all that shit's going down or right before the season. <clears throat> but just like real quick off the press, into the next season, who do you have next year and who is your dark horse? Okay. <clears throat> I have whoever Ann Rogers decides. <laughs> the reigning MVP and which guys that never had a chance to discuss it because I wasn't here on last week's episode. I called it first week of the NFL season and Rodgers, your 2022 MVP. You heard it here. If you want to listen to it, go back a couple episodes from the beginning of the season. You're going to hear that prediction. Wherever he goes, that's that's one picking to be the dark horse. That's that's going to be the sleeper team. He's going to come out of nowhere. He's going to he's going to pull a Tom Brady. Something fresh, something new. He's obviously going to set himself up for success, right? He's not just going to go to any random team. He's mm-hmm. going to assess the situation, the coaching, the organization. He's getting excited. He's he getting excited. The receivers. And I think it's time, man. Um, unfortunately, lost, lost a clincher in the playoffs. It sucks. It sucks to happen late in your career. MVP for a reason, right? Basically, yeah. was granted best quarterback, best quarterback in the league. Back right to now. back. There you go. So he's not slowing down. Doesn't matter what anybody says, how they feel about him. Back to back MVP this day in his career. He's balling, right? Wherever he goes, you one hundred percent have a chance of going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, man. And like, I know we didn't get to talk. You didn't get to talk about it last year. I mean, last week, but. Man, uh, like we said, like I just want to get your quick thoughts on it, super quick. But like, do you think uh, them hiring Packers OC Hackett for new head coach was a power move to get him? Thousand percent. Yeah. Listen, man, 100%. It, it's 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 bigger than what we think. He All vouched little- for him to get a head coaching job too. He vouched for he's like he deserves a head coaching job. Listen, where does law out there, man? People, you know, like when you have those connections, it, it, it'll it'll drive you towards them, and same so system. Is, He's yes. going to understand it. Like, you, have, you have to have these connections to be successful. And I think, you know, this lady is great. You got to play it safe. You got to know where you're going. You got to know what you want. And you got to get the job done. And the time is now. You got to get the job done. So who isn't your dark? Who's your like favorite that like isn't your dark horse? Favorite that isn't my dark horse to make it to the Super Bowl or to actually win the whole thing? Either or. Doesn't matter. Um. I guess like yeah, I guess your favorite to win it all. I I think man, who this is it's, it's tough. It, it's in the air because I really don't think the Rams are gonna go back. I, I really I don't, don't think, think either. They, I don't I, think I, so. I don't, I don't think they're they're a great team. I don't think they're gonna go back. You know, Packers are most likely losing Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously wherever he goes, it's gonna be a fresh start. I'm gonna ha- I'm kind of torn between. Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills. I know they're both on the same side, but I feel like the winner on that side is gonna is gonna win the championship. And I say Kansas City. I know, I know they got exposed. I I, I know they have their weaknesses, and 
if they can make the necessary adjustments in this offseason to make their defense better, I truly think it's over. I truly do. Yeah. Their offensive firepower is just way too much for any team to handle, right? They their their defense has given up 20, 30 points, but guess what? They're always somehow making a comeback or they're still in it to win the game. I have I don't remember the last time Kansas City got blown out in a game. Yeah, they lost a couple games early on in the beginning of the season. And they were one one uh playoff game away from going to Super Bowl. And of course, look who they lost to. Joe Burr. Who's been fourth straight, fourth straight AFC championship game. So they're still the favorites. They're still the favorites until someone shows me otherwise. Like you can't go every year. This would have been the third year uh Kansas City uh would have made it to the Super Bowl if they got by the Bengals, who had a Cinderella season. So I, I truly believe it's between the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs for next year. Whoever comes Actually, out. Actually, I just pulled up the list really quick just to see what like Vegas has them. Kansas City is the favorites to win it all. There you go. I can <laughs> ramble off the top there five. You go. So in order of what I'm saying, Chiefs, Bills, Rams, Bengals, Niners. There you go. Off the top of the head, <laughs> Chiefs and Bills, man, <laughs> they were right there, and that game was a was was a masterpiece. That playoff game, the Broncos' odds are pretty up there, and I think that's because they're banking on Rodgers being there. Green Bay is still six. Green Bay is six, but uh, Broncos have shot up, and I think that's because of the potential there. Uh, my dark horse, I think, has got to be the Bengals going back. Yeah. I got okay. the Bengals going back. I think they're gonna. They literally have one job to do this offseason and just rework the trenches. Just completely rework the trenches. And I think they're going to do it. And I I think Joe Burrow is going to be on a mission next year. He, They're my favorite. I think it's coming out of the AFC for sure. Um, I think it's coming out of the AFC. Bengals are my, um, yeah, my favorite. And then, uh, or my dark horse, that's what I mean. Um, but my favorite is the bills i got the bills i think the bills should win it next year they have everything into their disposal they probably need maybe like they really need a running back if they can address the running back situation yeah. the bills are unstoppable they had a number one pass defense they did have the number one overall defense throughout the majority of the season they had right. the number one offense for a majority of the season if they can retain those players and keep that defense as it is, keep the offense as it is, if they could just add a fucking running back that can actually break holes, um, they can they can be really good. And they probably should have been in the Super Bowl, like arguably. Yeah. Uh, but yep. the Bills are my favorite. I think they're going to come back on a mission. I think Josh Allen, is, he hated that. And I think they're going to come back. And I think they really have to address the running back situation. Maybe another receiver. And they're, they're going to be there. They're like a – a piece and a half away from literally being the champions. Yeah, I think, right I, and the there. reason why I, I don't miss, that's what the reason why I have bills and mind you, the bills and chiefs are really close. Chiefs is plus seven fifty, bills is plus 700. But I think the chiefs have more work to do than the bills do. The chiefs have to really revamp that entire defense. They need to fix the O line. Patrick Mahomes still getting rushed. There's yeah. more pieces that need to be fixed for the chiefs versus the bills. They're ready to fucking go, and the pieces that they need is not even that serious. They could probably add some depth to, like I said, the wide receiver, and they really need like two more running backs to really, right. which is you can easily get late round in the draft or pick somebody up in free agency, and same thing with a receiver. 
So that's why I have them. All right, so but, you got the uh, Bills. Yeah. You got the Bills what for sure. You? Yeah, Bills are my favorite. Dark Horse Bengals. But, man, just what a year for football. It's sad that it had to come to an end. But, man, this is probably one of the best years of football of the NFL season I've seen in a very long time. This was Definitely a very an entertaining good year. season, right? Even not a mix as a Jaguar team. fan, not as a Jaguar fan, but just from like, well, I mean, also as part as a Jaguar, just like the fucking hey, storylines. You, you guys went through your own journey this season. I don't know what happened. That's what I'm saying. Guys, like this year was like from football as a whole, it was an amazing year. From a Jaguar fan, it was a terrible year. But just from like an entertainment like story perspective. All the shit that went down. Tim Tebow almost made a fucking comeback. We probably saw one of the greatest playoff games of all time. Urban Meyer was the probably the worst coach Your in coach NFL history. We probably saw one of the worst coaches in NFL history. And this, like, it, man, the storylines, the Bengals coming out of nowhere, Matt Stafford going to the Rams and leading them. Like, who knows what's hey, going to happen? OBJ midseason. Like, it's Ben Roethlisberger being called a bum all year retires. It was just one hell of a, it was a very eventful Tom Brady retiring quotes, Tom greatest all time retiring. Tennessee wins the AFC. Like, like how Uh, it was. Yeah. What a fucking year. And you know, now we got to wait, what? Nine more months, eight more months, seven more months. So it starts up again, sadly. And everything rolling. uh, Yeah, but uh, a couple weeks, though, we got free agency, and that's going to be a hot topic, and we'll cover it when it is. But let's transition over to the UFC with all the hoopla that was going on with the Super Bowl and everything. Um, This kind of got overlooked, but this was a a huge fight in the UFC, and it's kind of a shame that, like, kind of bad timing um, by Dana and, like, the UFC. I don't know how far ahead they had this, but, like, kind of bad timing. Um, because I I got caught up in all of it and I kind of missed it and kind of forgot about it. Um, but I went back and rewatched it. We had Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker too. Um, Izzy just absolutely balled out. He played, he fought his heart out. He this man, every time I see him fight, he gets better and better. He just like progressively gets better and better, and it's fucking scary. He's completely cleaned house on the the entire middleweight division and the 185 uh, weight class. Like, I don't know who else he can be. Um, it's just he got called out in the in the co-main event um, by, uh, gosh, my mind's drawn a blank, uh, who just who won. But he's ranked three right now. I was going to ask, who's next? We've this guy's him. apparently next. My mind is drawing a complete who's blank next? on who it is. But, like, man, his striking is just insane. His takedown defense has just, like, completely went to another level. Robert Whitaker throughout the whole fight – tried to uh, take him down. He tried to replicate what he saw, what Jan Bauschwitz uh, did to him uh, when he, as he lost that fight, when he went up to 205 to test it out, light heavyweight, just to test it out. Um, uh, and that was the only time we ever seen anybody with success over Izzy. And that was think just because it was just, it was his first time going up a weight class and then, yeah. you know, he's trying something out and That's Izzy's kind fun. of a skinny, he's a skinny guy too. He's tall and lanky, and Jan, the guy who we fought, was just – he's a big brawler guy at 205. That's a cut down to 205. Yeah. It's those brawler types at the heavyweight level. You know, your striking's different. Your strategy's different, and still came yeah. out on top. 
And I think Whitaker tried to replicate that um, to Izzy, but Izzy worked. I think he knew that he was going to attempt to do that because Whitaker is not a bad wrestler. And um, yeah, I mean, Izzy's takedown defense was just elite. I mean, every time he got taken down, he popped right back up. His striking was just unprecedented. He's, he ended up winning by unanimous unanimous decision by all five rounds. And this kind of brings up the question from a lot of MMA fans. It's like, has well, is he he's already in my eyes a top five fighter of all time? Like, I mean, he's completely obliterated the middle class. Um, but um, a lot of people are saying, like, does this make him is is he now in the conversation as one of the best ever? Um I think it does. I mean, he's undefeated in the UFC, 11 straight wins. Um, he has 15 knockouts in his entire career. The only thing is you still, um, uh, I think if he keeps on going on this track, uh, he's def- I think he's definitely like right there. Um, the only people I think that are really ahead of him are Anderson Silva and uh, John Jones. Anderson Silva, especially being in his own weight class. But I, I can't remember, I don't, he might have tied or he probably already surpassed Anderson's title defense. I forgot. Anderson Silva was a, I was going to ask Anderson Silva was a defenses he had. Um, let's look it up real quick. Um, but it was an insane amount. Right up there with Anderson Silva. That was his fifth title, uh, his fifth title, uh, defense. And then let me see what, uh, Anderson Silva's was. Damn, five. You know, you know what's harder than than getting to the top is is staying on top for that for that amount of time, right? You got to have that chip okay, and, so and that same work it, ethic. Anderson Silva had ten title defenses. Yeah, yeah, ten title defenses, and that's in the same weight class. Um, like I said, Izzy still got some time. Yeah. I think um, Anderson, right Silva, Anderson Silva held uh, the title for five years from 2007, 2012. Izzy's had it for two years so far. Um, yeah, he's on five title defenses. Um, but like I said, I think he's on the right track for sure. And I think when you just look at pure talent, just like talent, like as a striker and now as like, him getting better at takedown defense. He's just unbeatable right now. I mean, he is insane. Like it is unreal how good of a striker this man is. And uh, like I said, he's still got some years and time to go. And like, man, he's pushing. It sounds like he might be pushing for like a John Jones fight, which would be fucking crazy to see. Ooh, sign me up for that one. Sign, Ooh, sign and if me he up. can, man, if um, who knows, who knows what happens, you know, I think, no, well, I, John Jones John calling Jones him out? Be eligible to fight because something's always popping up or he gets injured. And yeah, you know, it's been John a while. Jones is, I know John Jones is thinking about fighting steep a, which could be interesting, but um, yeah, I think Izzy is on the track. I don't think he's quite there yet. I think when it comes to just pure talent, though, he's definitely a top talent we've probably have ever seen in the UFC. I mean, I just I don't I haven't seen anybody as this dominant since like Anderson Silva in their weight class. Like Anderson Silva was unprecedented to watch. Like growing up as a kid, I just remember seeing. I'll never forget this fight Anderson Silva had with Forrest Griffin. It was just unreal. It looked like something out of a Bruce Lee movie. I just couldn't believe it. And. uh <laughs> Anderson, uh, Israel Adesanya gives me that vibe that he could eventually yeah. be there. He just needs the he just needs the time and the uh, the fights. But granted, I think they fought a little bit more back then. Um, 
So there's that. But I think he just needs to keep on going. And I think he can easily get close, really close to that record. Because, um, like I said, I don't see anybody coming up and challenging him. I mean, he's he's been ha- that's why he's been toying with the idea of him going up in a weight class, um, which could really boost his uh, his uh, legacy. Because especially because uh, Anderson Silva, I think, went up in a weight class and uh, I think yeah, went undefeated I, I in like, his weight. I class. feel like in a UFC, that's always the ultimate challenge, right? You master your weight class. Right, you mm-hmm. throw everyone in your path, and what's what's the next step? Is that you you wait for you know for new people to show up, you know, to get new fight contracts? But then again, then then you're fighting. Oh, these guys don't have any experience, so do these fights really count? You know, like later on in your career, people apparently don't respect that. Which I feel like if you're in the ring, you're just gonna beat the opponent in front of you. You know, whoever they put there. But like I said, like the next challenge is always right going up a weight class. It's always like the most challenging thing to do is to adjust to the weight. You know, even something as simple as us two. You know, we we used to wrestle back. You know, back in high school. You know, even getting bumped up one weight class, it, you, you felt the difference, right? Like, and it's especially different yeah. for middleweight to light heavyweight because that's a twenty pound difference. McGregor went from one forty five to one fifty five, ten pounds. It's a difference, obviously, but. He went down in weight. Yeah. He went from 155 and dropped to 145. So that was a little bit different. Um, and also it wasn't as much weight, but going from middleweight 185 to 205 is a pretty big deal because you're talking about guys that could potentially be have 30 pounds on you for and sure. And remember, those guys, you know, in the higher weight class could have cut their weight down to those weights. Yeah. You well, know yeah, they, I mean? they do. Yeah. So it's like but i think it says speaks volumes of the fact that like this man could potentially be the great and he hasn't even like had that many title defenses for some reason i thought he had more than 5 but um hey he's halfway there <laughs> yeah he's but half, it's he's halfway there yeah and then you're also talking about a different time too like yeah. people you could arguably say obviously as sport grows and it gets better like fighters are going to be better than what they were 10 years ago and that okay. goes for like any sport, like as yeah. time goes oh, on. So yeah. it's like, it's, uh, I'm curious to see what happens, um, where his next fight would be. But, uh, I think he's definitely on the track to be one of the best. And I think he's for sure already one of the best talents. We ever seen. That. That's his talent is unprecedented, but yeah, man. Um, let's go switch over to NBA. Um, quick little NBA, NBA update. Talk. Jojo's Lakers, uh, <laughs> Anthony Davis suffered. Wait, what was that? I said you always say that. <laughs> what? JoJo's Lakers. <laughs> I don't know. You're just the ultimate bandwagon, but we can't Listen, go over that LeBron again. Goes, I go. That's nah, sad. That what you're saying? That's, that's sad. <laughs> I guess because you grew up in New York, you don't really have much to root for. So. Yeah, that's true. We're not even going to talk about the mix, what's going on in New York right now. It, giving up 28-point leads multiple oh, yeah, times. yeah, I saw that to the Nets. Bro, yeah, that's just ridiculous. Honestly, Fat Joe was talking with Stephen A, and he's like, there always comes a point in time in the middle of the season or somewhere when you're a Knicks fan where you just stop watching the games. And he said, this is that time. That's we it. need we're to stop at, talking about teams said, that we're are not stuck. making it past the all-star game. This, this is it. Like in the last two weeks, I think they gave up three 20 plus point leads and lost the game for, for whatever reason. I don't know what's going on over there, but we know that's a, the next storyline every single year. Yeah. We, we thought they're going to make a, another, you know, push for the playoffs this season. They got their first playoff win last year. 
against the Hawks and God knows how many years. I think it was like eight, nine years. And then look at them now, which <laughs> this is why we don't talk no Knicks on here. And the thing from is a, like I'm a New Yorker. We don't do I can't that. Uh, I, I I understand that like you know those are big markets, but like I cannot stand it when like these big media outlets talk about like these same trash ass fucking teams that like most people don't care about. Like nobody cares. I feel like every day they're talking about the fucking Cowboys, they're talking about the fucking Knicks, they're talking about the fucking Lakers. Like I'm just so fucking tired of seeing the same shit being talked about. Like I'm just like. They're fucking trash. Like I like <laughs> like we when you start becoming good, then we can start talking about you and you can be relevant again. But like I don't care what city you're in. If you're trash, you're trash. Like I don't want to hear about your trash ass fucking team. You know like, what they do? Because then they, they always bring up the history and the past. And they 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 clean history and hold on to that. <laughs> what history does the Knicks have? Like what Knicks, history do- playing at the garden is probably the only thing we they can have ever a history of getting their shit slapped by everybody. Like that that is literally their history. Same thing, like the Jets and the <laughs> the, the the Knicks are the Jets of the basketball world. <laughs> Bro, They're just have, known for being terrible. Money to be this. I don't understand. Where's the root? Where, where, where's what is the cause of all this all, all this bad luck it just happens you are the most man. profitable management organization in all of sports what management ownership bro it's insane yo something's got to change someone's got to retire somebody's got to quit you guys Dude, make they money even try to bring in fucking yeah. phil jackson and phil jackson couldn't even save that fucking bro, that, team that made the team even worse <laughs> the, the chemistry phil jackson was in the news every other day talking about he don't know what he's doing or they don't oh we're trying to try and go off and like you're not doing that with that squad in those years they ran yeah. him out of office bro and here's Just another like team. Johnson, they they ran them out of office. You quit after one year. Guess what? The Lakers won the following year. How does that make you look? The thing is, like, and like the only instance where I see like player front office people that end up like doing something, or even coaches. Like, I mean, I feel like you see it in all sports. People that were coaches or players that go into the front office almost never works out. The only instance where I've ever seen work semi has worked out is john elway that is the only instance where i've ever like seen it like majority the thing is you're taking these people who've never been in this position that is a completely different role that takes a whole other talent in itself and you're putting in there just because of the name and you expect them to do well and they almost never does do well it's just it's 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 so rare like especially it's one thing if they took the time and the effort to to learn how to coach or learn how to be in the front office but like you're just throwing a guy who just like was just doing this, and you just throw him in this role and expect him to do well. Like, what do you expect right. is going to happen? It's going to be a fucking shit show. He's never done it before. Like, it's just because they were good at one thing, don't mean they can do this. Don't mean they could be a scout and like, you know, it's weird. But going to another team that probably gets talked about a little too much um, is the Lakers, and Anthony Davis uh, goes down again after being gone for I believe 17 games or uh, 20 games or something like around there. Um, he goes down again with a nasty ankle injury. Um, right now I have the stats up with Anthony, the Lakers with and without Anthony Davis this season. So with Anthony Davis, they are 17 and 20 without him. They are 10 and 11. So they are below 500 with and without them. Damn. 
So look, look what we just stated there, man. The, the key word right here is consistency. And after the Lakers, you know, had that title run, we all thought AD with that performance level was going to be a top five. Yes, top five player in the league. We he all should that. be. Top five, hundred percent, and it's he should be the he should be the best player in the league. He's having he's having the D Rose effect right now, and it's hard to say. Yes, his injuries aren't as gruesome, but man, your 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 best availability is you got you got to be able to play, man. Like if if you're not playing and you're getting injured, it's ruining team uh, team chemistry. Best stability is availability. There you go. Heard by the the wise man Julian himself. (laughs) Yeah, but um. You know what I'm trying to say, and it's just like your team chemistry, it, it sucks, right? You're supposed to be top five player in the league. You're supposed to be top five seed Lakers right now. And we're not even going to get into the whole Westbrook thing, but, you know, strictly talking AD, the team, they need him. They need him. Yeah. Offensive threat, defensive threat, you know, passing threat, you know, just his presence on the floor. And you saw is- what happened. He literally just got back, like, what, two, three weeks ago from an injury. And boom, right out the gate, drop a 20 plus, 10 plus rebounds a game, like off rip, like, like he never left. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't buy championships, man. It's, it is, it is an absolute utter disaster that they're 27 and 31 with the amount of money they have tied up in those old motherfuckers. Um, (laughs) They're three and seven in the last 10 games. It is just atrocious. And yeah, I mean, well, they, they won last night, last game before the all-star break. So hopefully they they're 15 and 19 in their conference. Yeah. They're nine and 18 away. Their home isn't so bad. They're 18 and 13 at home. Here, here's what I predict. As long as nine and 18 away, bro, like that is bad. That's terrible on the road, man. And they lose back to back to back. They'll go three game skid, four game skid. After a win or two, and you you know you're not gonna have a great seed performing like that. But I think that if Westbrook performs better, and I'm not talking MVP Westbrook, we just need average Joe Westbrook because obviously the way he's been playing, you know LeBron's been balling. You know some of these younger guys been stepping up, Malik Monk, you know, and others. Westbrook should have stayed in Washington. He should have stayed there. Yeah, he was playing so well over there. No, you you got to go for the title, man. You know, but like it ended up blowing up in his face. You got to go for the title. You you take a risk like that. I just don't understand why KD don't get that burn. Because look what happens to that Brooklyn Nets team, completely dismantled. You know, obviously we're talking off pure performance. He's getting that disrespect because of how he's performing. Which is, hey, man, they're gonna call you out if you're playing like that, especially in LA. So he deserves the criticism. Now it's up to him to go ahead and react to it and adjust to the situation and just play better. Again, so no what is it for MVP Westbrook? So when you watch those games, what is it like? Are they just like slow? Are they like they're not making shots? Like their their shooting percentage is off. Like what their defense? They they can't defend. Like what what exactly is their biggest pain point right now? Because I don't really watch yeah. them. I don't really care to watch them too much uh um, honestly uh it's their defense and just fourth quarter action just All slow right, westbrook's been getting a lot of criticism because it's crunch time like you know giving up the turnovers or making bad passes or shooting up bricks or missing layups 
And a lot of their games aren't really blowout games. If you, if you look at it, you know, they give up leads as well. They're losing by two, three, four points late in the game. You know, crunch time free throws. It's basically crunch time, I feel like. And their defense ain't just holding up. Yeah. It's, who knows? I, I don't think they make it to the playoffs, man. I, I don't think it happens, especially without AD. Not even I don't like think the they make it. Not even like the seven seed. They, I, mean, they I think they're, they're going to get into that like seven eight that, seed. Uh, that what the the new shit that they're doing now. Yeah, the, the plan, uh, the plan, yeah, the plan. I think they'll, they'll I think at least make the plan. They're at the plan. I mean, but because I feel like for for me, like they would have to go on a run, any, man. They can't like play any worse than this, they can't play any worse than this. I really don't think so. I mean, you're missing your top player in a crucial part of the season. Like this is getting to the point where it's like you need to start winning. And uh, yeah, but he hasn't, really schedule been, right he hasn't now. really been available majority of the season anyway. So look at the position they're in without him. It kind of shows you the know. depth of the team. I mean, yeah. it seems like they just built the team poorly. There's the team has no depth. They, you know, has no juice. But I'm definitely excited for all-star break coming up. I think that's going to be dope. You know, uh, well, is it all-star break later than normal? Doesn't it usually always around like Valentine's day? Uh, I mean, Valentine's Day was the other day, anyways. So it's just I'm literally just the weekend after. I guess so. I guess it just pushed it back a week because I remember it usually always being around the time. But uh, who knows what the Lakers would be? But uh, want to call it a show? That's it. Let's wrap it up. It's a nice episode. Shout out LA Rams 2022 Super Bowl champs. Crazy NFL season. I know Julian's counting days, you know, until the next back. one. This guy's excited. He's never taken off that jersey. Yeah. I'm switching to soccer for now on. Now, now that soccer season is about to start, we got uh, baseball all season in. on the way. Spring training starting next month. I'm excited for that. You can hear all the Yankees holdouts over. Let's go, Real Fans Podcast. Find us on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter, Facebook, all Apple Podcasts, everything, like, anywhere where you get podcasts. Get it. We got the reels. Have a yep. good one, guys. Episode forty. <laughs>